On today's Truths That Transform, we investigate election fraud in America and preview our special documentary program, Free and Fair, Restoring Election Integrity. Let's take advantage of the freedoms that we have while we have them to advance the kingdom's objective, to be salt and light. Freedom is hard. Election, election security involves you, involves the voters. This election for people of faith is vital that we see a change because the war against Christians is at an all-time high. Transparency is the key not only to having uh, honest elections, but to maintaining public trust in those elections. Our ability to vote is not being um, withheld from us. No one's trying to stop you from voting. The one place the American people can have a say is at the ballot box. That's why the Democrats and, and the far left are working so hard to get rid of all election integrity. We cannot let our elections be uh, anything but transparent. Uh, it is at the very heart of freedom in a free society. And if we lose America, I mean, it's, it's all over because the world has looked to America for hope. Hello, I'm Rob Pacienza. Welcome to this special edition of Truths That Transform, where we are continuing a special preview of our new documentary program, Free and Fair, Restoring Election Integrity. The 2020 election exposed serious flaws in our system, and it should concern us not only as Americans, but as Christians. We have a stewardship responsibility before God to vote according to biblical principles. But if the system is corrupted, power rests in the hands of the few, and our ability to preach the gospel and practice our faith freely will suffer. On this program, we'll see what went wrong and how it can be fixed if we remain vigilant. As we begin, the big tech companies had an influence on the 2020 election like never before, and that influence on the part of companies like Facebook and Twitter was heavily weighted towards one side of the race. Our own David Wright has more. Big tech is a tool that's being utilized to reshape the way the American populace thinks and engages in establishing acceptable norms. The media is an integral part of the political process. People only vote for what they know, and what they know is only told them by those that give them the information. Uh, this includes not just the news channels, but the internet fact checkers. The idea of big tech, which is predominated by progressive liberals, thinking that uh, they should be censoring facts opinions and information. Um, you know, lots of people have compared it to George Orwell's 1984, and it's really true. Um, and that kind of restriction by these large companies, I think, is, is very dangerous. Many aspects of the 2020 election showed us that our election system has vulnerability. But one of the most egregious assaults on election integrity came from Silicon Valley. When you talk about Silicon Valley, you are talking about an industry with hundreds of billions of dollars flowing through it on a constant basis to build new tech to reach minds and change minds. And the conservatives are, are behind, the, behind in the game. Now we have big tech, uh, you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of these leftist agencies 
very progressive that are monitoring American speech and deciding, you know, what is mean and what isn't. And what they're doing is targeting conservatives. These multi-billion dollar corporations wield enormous power by deciding what speech is acceptable on their digital platforms and what speech is not. There's no question that on YouTube, the social issues are the hot button. Everything from race to abortion to same-sex marriage to transgenderism. If you violate the left standards of political correctness here, then there's a good shot they're going to demonetize you. They'll find that you run afoul of their community standards. If you take a socially unapproved stance on, on one of these issues, there's a good shot that YouTube will, will demonetize you or Facebook will crack down on you. It's no surprise that most big tech companies lean to the far left and the strategy that they employ to deal with opposing viewpoints is through the use of independent fact checkers who will falsely label mostly conservative posts as misleading or missing context. Google and Facebook and, and, and YouTube, a lot of the social media companies will uncritically look at reports from supposedly neutral arbiters like the SPLC or like Media Matters or like PolitiFact uh, and, and all of which lean left at the very least. And then they'll say, well, you know, if the SPLC says it's a hate group, that must mean it's a hate group. They say, well, who, made the, who died and made the SPLC God? Like, how, how exactly did that work? How does the SPLC, which has promoted untruth on a variety of topics, suddenly become the great arbiter of what constitutes hateful speech? We've seen that on social media. First, it was just a little bit of regulation of conservative ideas or ideas that were a little edgy. But now on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, all sorts of social media platforms, uh, all kinds of mainstream conservative ideas are, are being shut down. In the run-up to the 2020 election, many conservative outlets noticed that their content was being censored on the major social networks. But one of the biggest stories of censorship preceding the 2020 election was Twitter censoring the bombshell report from the New York Post on Hunter Biden. Remember when big tech during the 2020 elections, they would not allow the New York Post to publish a story about Hunter Biden and his laptop that was discovered because they say, oh, this is misinformation, this is disinformation. And then you come to find out, oh, everything the New York Post reported was absolutely true. If you contrast how Twitter quickly shut down the New York Post and their story on Hunter Biden, which was fact-checked and true and totally based on very factual information, versus how they treated the story about President Trump uh, allegedly saying that veterans were losers and scumbags who died for their country stupidly. They didn't shut those stories down, and that was all based off of hearsay. The New York Post Twitter account was suspended for 16 days for simply posting the factual story about Hunter Biden. Senator Ted Cruz grilled then-CEO of Twitter Jack Dorsey during a Senate hearing over this blatant censorship. The New York Post is over 200 years old. The New York Post was founded by Alexander Hamilton. And your position is that, that you can sit in Silicon Valley and demand of the media that you can tell them what stories they can publish and you can tell the American people what reporting they can hear. Is that right? No, this was, this was a, you know, every person, every account, uh, every uh, organization that signs up to Twitter agrees to a terms of service. A post-election poll by the Media Research Center found that 36% of Biden voters were not aware of the Hunter Biden story, which linked Joe Biden to corrupt financial dealings with China and Ukraine. But many note the hypocrisy of big tech and the media. 
They are quick to censor conservative speech, labeling it as misinformation, but are happy to allow radical leftist propaganda that is not even a shred of validity. The search algorithms can have enormous influence on the way people react to things. And then uh, in addition, obviously, if you can just silence embarrassing stories about one side and massively inflate embarrassing stories about the other side, you can have a tremendous influence on the election. There was manipulation by big tech, and certainly there was collusion by the media uh, peddling false narratives designed to damage Donald Trump. Uh, two of them were the Russian collusion hoax that went on for three years. The Washington Post and New York Times each won a Pulitzer Prize for that. And it was clear from the beginning of that that it wasn't true. And since then, since the Mueller report and things that John Durham has uncovered in his investigation show that there was no truth to it at all. I bet they keep their Pulitzers though, because uh, you know the media can never be wrong. But big tech companies don't just wield their power over elections through deplatforming and censorship. They also use their billions to fund specific campaigns and elections. One of the most amazing things about the 2020 election was how big a factor a handful of billionaires were in that election. Mark Zuckerberg and uh, two other very big liberal donors um, took $450 million, gave it to a small uh, progressive nonprofit whose prior budget had been a million dollars a year. And they took that money and they gave it in grants to election offices across the country. Now, they claim it was bipartisan, but it really wasn't. Um, the vast majority of the money went to big urban Democratic districts. You know, they would give $10 million to Philadelphia. They might give $5,000 to a rural county just so they can say, yeah, we're bipartisan. The idea of this was to basically move the get out the vote campaign of the Democratic Party into official government offices, and that's what they did. The big foundations that are pouring money into this, you know, they, they operate under the guise of, oh, we just want to be sure that everyone's registered and everyone's voting. But that's not, in fact, what they are doing. Uh, they are de trying to destroy uh, any security measures that states have put in place. Along with tech billionaires, other financiers are heavily influencing elections in America. One of those being the billionaire George Soros. Guys like Soros are critical because they can give essentially an unlimited spigot for all of these hundreds of groups to siphon off of. And money trickles down into every possible issue area. Uh, George Soros is, you know, the most influential living um, man involved in politics today. Uh, especially in, in the United States. So we see George Soros funneling money into a lot of campaigns for smaller offices, not just presidential campaigns. And the question that is asked is why? Well, evidently he wants to influence the policies in America. What we're seeing is a concerted effort to sway the vote in a specific direction. With big tech controlling all the information and outside money influencing elections, it's vital that we fight back in any way we can. The left has learned how to take down corporations, move them into helping the left-wing cause, but it's a small minority. That should be enough for people to be upset about, to say, 
I'm not going to allow it anymore. I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to mobilize people to vote. I'm going to donate. I'm going to go door to door. I'm going to phone. I'm going to volunteer to text. I'm going to volunteer to do something in some local campaign. And I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to do something. And everybody who's watching this can do something. America needs truth, and right now, D. James Kennedy Ministries is seeking 100 people to become new faith partners with a monthly gift of $35 or more. Your regular monthly gift proclaims God's Word and defends freedom in this critical hour for America. Automatic giving is fast, easy, and saves you time and money. Plus, it cuts processing costs, which means more of your gift goes straight to ministry. When you become a faith partner by committing to a monthly gift of $35 or more, we will thank you by sending you Molly Hemingway's blockbuster book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Be one of the 100 faith partners to proclaim Christ and defend freedom. Join today. We should be very concerned that tech giants have decided to filter what information you're allowed to hear. In 2020, they suppressed a major story about Joe Biden's son that may have affected the election. The story is now openly being covered in the legacy media, but it was shut down in the weeks leading up to the election. But despite the security challenges to our electoral system, it is more important than ever that Christians vote and vote their biblical values. Here's Dr. Jerry Newcomb with more. I think Americans have now realized, much more so than they did a couple of years ago, that the process of elections is an extremely complicated one. It's also an extremely diverse one. It is not the same thing in Meza, Arizona, as it is in Manhattan, New York. As believers in Jesus Christ, if we have criticisms regarding those who are currently leading our nation and pushing an anti-Christian agenda, we might first look at the church's accountability in selecting our national leaders. As Americans, we have a right to vote. As Christians, we have a responsibility, I believe. It's part of being salt and light. And we need to be informed, but we need to be engaged. We have a situation where maybe 30 to 40 percent at any church, they're not registered to vote. Those people who say they're not going to vote because, oh, the system's rigged, there's no point, they're just totally wrong. We do have fraud, and it happens often enough that we ought to be concerned about it. But, you know, where is it most effective? It's in close elections. There are so many close elections. Some of them are decided by very few votes. I think it's not only okay for Christians to be involved in politics, I think a fair and accurate reading of Scripture is that it's a calling and a responsibility and a duty. And if you go throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, it is constantly taught that we are to be engaged civically and exercise our rights as a way to glorify God and share the gospel. The progressive left realizes that in order to win elections, they have to divide the church. They have to seek ways to really um, uh, diminish the, the strength of the family and Christian community. And so what we've seen is a lot of activity and, um, uh, uh, and, and really even dollars spent trying to drive a wedge, I believe, between Christian orthodoxy and split the church between left and right. And I think as Christians, we really need to resist this and we need to make sure that we're coming back to the Bible really as our, as our source of truth. 
We've got to understand what the real battle is. They're trying to take our religious freedoms. They're doing it all sorts of different ways. From the beginning of American history, the pastors have been the conscience of our nation. They would speak out against different evils. They would speak about community issues that were really important. Well, that's what a pastor should do. And sadly today, some pastors, instead of speaking truth, they're, they're either not speaking truth or they're withholding truth because of fear. In the last election, the presidential election, I listened to seven megachurches services on, on the Sunday before the election. Six of those services never mentioned the election was on the following Tuesday. One said there's an election coming up, but it doesn't matter who you vote for because God's in control. Well, what you're basically doing is suppressing the vote. This is why it's vital for Christians to respond to potential election fraud, not with defeatism, but with a determination to vote in such numbers as to put election results beyond the reach of fraud. The most conservative and most Christian parts of Georgia are the parts of Georgia that stayed home. And that cost us um, very, very much in, uh, and ultimately two, two uh, Senate seats. As I tell people, when it comes to politics, when it comes to elections, here's what we should do as Christian. We judge their worldview against the absolute authority of the Word of God. And that includes who we choose to serve as our, you know, our governor, you know, our city councilman, you know, the soil and water commissioner. <laughs> every aspect of what the Word of God has to say about the administration in civil government has to be applied in our decision-making. No matter what the Constitution says, if you get people who have the wrong worldview in power, uh, they will reinterpret it the way they want. When you look at the Democratic Party, they want taxpayer-funded abortion on demand. Uh, they want uh, the redefinition of human sexuality. Uh, they squelch religious freedom. They have no room for God in their platform. You contrast that with the Republican Party that vibrantly embraces religious freedom, spells out very clearly the support for the sanctity of human life and traditional marriage and human sexuality. This election will result in one of those worldviews dominating the policies of our country and impacting our families and our lives. Well, we've got a chance to elect a conservative Senate, a conservative House of Representatives, and restore some balance to stop some of the really bad ideas that are coming out of the White House and are being jammed down the throats of the American people. If you believe in family, faith, and freedom, if you're pro-life, if you want smaller government and lower taxes, if you're concerned about middle America and Main Street and uh, want our country to look out for average American families and not just big labor and big corporations and all the rest of it, then you particularly have to vote. The local 
elections are probably the most important but most neglected during the pandemic. Who was it that was starting to lock down the churches and deny Christians their First Amendment right to fellowship? It was the local government. It was the county government. It was the state government. And yet Christians allowed these people to get elected either by not voting or voting for them and they shouldn't have. And so as a Christian, I have to look at the non-negotiables. I've got to vote for a candidate who is promoting life, who is opposed to the killing of the unborn. I don't think people are recognizing how big an issue that will be in the upcoming elections because uh, now uh, there will no longer be Roe versus Wade. There will no longer be a, a right to an abortion in the Constitution. There will be uh, every state battling as to what the, uh, what the laws of abortion should be. So it's going to be a be a very big issue. This isn't like a, a zoning issue. This is a deep spiritual issue. If I stand before the Lord and I vote for these candidates, would I be able to hear from him, well done, those were the right people for that time. Acts chapter 17, it says, the Lord has determined the boundaries of our habitation. The fact that you and I happen to be American citizens are not a, a casual occurrence. It's a product of God's divine ordinance, divine appointment, isn't that amazing? And then the scripture says, and he's appointed the times in which we would live. God has placed us here for this moment, for this time. We should take full ownership of that reality and knowing God is going to hold us accountable for what we do with the time he gave us and the time that he placed us in the land that he placed us in. Let's take advantage of the freedoms that we have while we have them to advance the kingdom's objective to be salt and light. And we do so until Jesus Christ comes back or until he calls us home. I think that the American people are waking up and they're understanding that we're heading down the wrong path, not just our election integrity, but our economy, our energy, our national security, our foreign policy, uh, education, uh, our local criminality. They're waking up and they want to participate and they want to make sure their voices are heard. And that's why this is a critical linchpin into making that happen. We have probably never seen so many people want to get involved in elections as we have now since 2020. You know, if you look for a silver lining, that's it. People are becoming poll watchers. They're working as election officials, which I recommend. Yeah, it's going to be a long day. The pay is lousy. But you're going to be participating in the system and making sure that the law is followed because transparency is the key not only to having um, honest elections, but to maintaining public trust in those elections. Everybody who's watching this can do something. They can volunteer for a local candidate. They can donate. They can pray about it. Christians should be encouraged by the extraordinary impact that we've had through elections and spurred to do more. In 2016, Bible-believing Christians helped elect a pro-life president and, for the most part, retained a pro-life Senate. The result was three successful Supreme Court nominations that finally resulted in the overturning of Roe v. Wade in 2022 after nearly a half century of battling. And Christians have elected pro-life leaders on the local and state level as well who've restricted abortion and thus saved countless children's lives. Active voting Christians are making an extraordinary difference. This matters. Uh, this is biblical. And if we don't do it, people who don't share our values will. So my, the good news as an historian, if I can wear my 
historian's hat for a minute, is we've seen this before, we've gotten through it, we've emerged on the other side, and this is still, I believe, the strongest, healthiest, and most vibrant democratic republic on the planet. Hi, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. My father, Dr. D. James Kennedy, believed it was so important for Christians to be involved in the electoral process that he said it was a sin not to vote. When we have the opportunity to affect laws and policies in a godly, biblical direction, we are bad stewards if we don't make our voices heard. But as you've seen on today's program, there are real concerns about whether our current election system is secure. That's why it's vitally important for us to vote in such numbers that fraud cannot drown us out and to know what needs to be fixed. That's why we've published the new book, Crooked, What Really Happened in the 2020 Election and How to Stop the Fraud by Robert Knight. And we'd like to send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to help this ministry. This book contains bombshell revelations about vote fraud in the 2020 election, including the role big tech and the media played in pushing false stories and filtering out true ones. The left is so intent on undoing the integrity of our elections that they compare voter ID laws to Jim Crow segregation and work to overturn the Constitution's Electoral College. Find out in this new book how our elections have been placed in danger and what you can do to help bring secure elections back to America. And if you're able to give a generous gift of $60 or more, we'll send you the book plus our new special DVD program, Free and Fair, Restoring Election Integrity. You've seen a preview of this special documentary on today's program. Get the full DVD version featuring far more material than we're able to include today. Discover how the COVID pandemic was used to alter election laws and endanger the security of the vote. You'll see how the left is working to take elections out of the hands of state officials and put them into the hands of federal bureaucrats. And we uncover how big tech has conspired with the far left to suppress stories that would harm their candidates while peddling misinformation on their opponents. This up-to-the-minute documentary program is essential viewing in the lead-up to the pivotal 2022 elections. And it features commentary from former Senator Rick Santorum, Eric Metaxas, and former Congressman Alan West, among many others. That's the new book, Crooked, What Really Happened in the 2020 Election and How to Stop the Fraud by Robert Knight, as our thanks for your generous donation. And the book, plus our new DVD documentary, Free and Fair, Restoring Election Integrity, as our thanks for your gift of $60 or more. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. It is crucial that we make our voices heard locally to secure our electoral system. And at the end of the day, our best defense as Christians against voter fraud is to vote our biblical values in such numbers that fraud cannot overcome it. As most election experts note, fraud takes place around the margins of an election. It can be the tipping point in a very close vote. So we Christians 
must exercise the great gift that God has given us to participate in our own governance through our vote and to vote in sufficient numbers that candidates who promote biblical values and stand on truth don't find themselves in close elections, but win handily. Thank you for joining us for this special program. May God bless you, and may God bless America. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.